We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, yes. What's up, people? Another episode of the Corner Podcast. It's a crazy week out here in Vegas. Triple G versus Canelo is in town. Old Man Andreas Hill is running all around the city. I'm busy, crazy amounts of work being done, but we carved out about a nice little hour to have this podcast. So again, it's a shorter podcast. Next week, we'll do a longer one with the recaps and how everything plays out and really get into the nitty gritty of things. But, you know, we couldn't leave you guys hanging without a show, especially on a weekend like this. So Dre, before we get into the whole combat sports world and a ton of boxing, there's a WWE pay-per-view Um 
We just have to recap UFC. So much stuff to do there. There was stuff outside of boxing that took the headlines. First, we'd be remiss if we just scrolled over uh, the death of Mac Miller, 26 years old. Kind of just blindsided the hip-hop community. Uh, I want to say R.I.P. Mac Miller. It, you were knee-deep in this blog era of hip-hop that he came up in. Uh, I know it had to be crazy for you. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know if anybody follows my social media, but uh, I posted something like me and Mac have ran into each other a lot over the years. And we've, you know, we've been cool. So it was uh, I met him first in 2010. And then uh, we did some video stuff in 2013. And we would run each other randomly, talk about like Ab Souls album and a bunch of other stuff. And me and his manager, Quentin, was cool. So, you know, the last time I talked to Mac, he was clean. Um, he had went to rehab. So to hear about his passing and the odd thing about it is, um, it's funny because I, you know, I don't divulge a lot of my relationships on social media. So, you know, I may post something here and there, but me and Karen Civil Civil have been cool for a long time, and um, Karen was in the hospital recently, and Mac had visited her in the hospital, and she had posted like a video, and I text Karen, I was like, "Are you good? Is everything great?" She was like, "You know, Mac just came by. We played tic tac toe." I'm like, oh, that's dope. You know, like, I was like, I haven't talked to Mac in a minute. I need to shout him out. I haven't hit, hit him. And I was like, yo, I need to hit up Mac Miller. And I didn't do it. And then he dies three days later. So it's like, life comes at you fast, man. And it's, it's unfortunate because uh, if nothing else, that what I've gained from Mac Miller over the years is that this was a kid who loved hip hop. Um, we would do, we'd have conversations and it would dissolve into, like, he'd be like, yo, what's the best one MC, one producer album of all time? And he just starts talking about, like, what if Nas and Primo did something? Or what about Cool G rap? Like, Mac Miller was a hip-hop head. He really respected the culture. And he was always hungry to do more. Like, he he, he had told me he was going to do an album, a project called 92 Till Infinity with Jazzy Jeff. Um, it never saw the light of day. Um, I, I'm not even sure what happened, but he was so excited about it. It was supposed to be all 90 producers, like Large Professor, Pete Rock, he was just that dude, man. It, it's really unfortunate to see him pass. He was a guy, you know, even though a lot of people have met Mac, um, you know, a lot of people may not have been close to him, but he always lit up a room. And the guy was always, you know, he was jokes. He was a good time. Um, and, he, and he respected what hip hop was all about. So to hear about it was really unfortunate. It cuts deep, man. Like, you know, if people have looked online, people are like, why are people so saddened by Mac Miller's death? If you met him a few times like I have and you've had those conversations with him, you'd understand. Genuinely good dude. And to see him pass, I mean, drugs are bad, man. Like, they ruin your life. And to hear that he possibly overdosed, it's unfortunate. Yeah, man, that that's the saddest part. Um, you know, it, it always hits when it's a life gone too soon. And everything recently, you know, going back, it, it's just he always was very open about his demons, open about the troubles he had, but was always very positive about life. You know, regardless of what it was, he never wanted life to end, especially this early. He enjoyed living. He just, you know, he's fighting, fighting his battles, man. So that's, that's sad. Um, again, anyone out there who's listening to the podcast, all of us go through stuff. We're here to, and we share all of our trials and tribulations and craziness on this show. If you guys are listening, you guys going through anything, um, anything like that, feel free to hit us up. You know, we're always on social media, always on Twitter. You can always DM me. I answer like all of them. So if you need to talk about something, you're never alone. We're always here with you. Um, you know, drugs aren't the way to go. Drinking's not the way to go. 
you hit me up, we can get into hot take battles about pro wrestling or who the best boxers in the 90s was or something. I, I'll t we'll take your mind off. It. So, um, man, RIP Mac Miller. Uh, switching gears, uh, odd transition, but no good way to transition out of that. Um, all the ratchetness that happened this week, Trey. You know, uh, around, <laughs> around, around, you know, the sadness, there was a bunch of ratchetness. And, and Nas started it off. Well, actually, I want to say, fittingly enough, Nas was the halftime of the ratchetness. Because we talked about it last week a little bit um, with, like, Joe Budden and Eminem, which they are still ongoing saga, whatever, whatever. But we talked about that. And then Nas just jumped in like, hold on. Y'all ain't forget about me. My baby mama's batshit crazy. And went on an IG rant of IG rants, airing out everything that seemingly happened between him and Khalees since the day they met. Yeah. Um, I think you guys have been following along that I really hate social media lately. <laughs> um, and, and this would kind of encapsulate a lot of what I hate about it. Because it's no longer a battle of if you are right or if you're wrong. It's a battle of who's first. And Khalees is the first to come out and say, you know, Nas abused her and her and Nas had this volatile relationship. So Nas has come out with his own statement, went on Instagram of all the fucking places and decided to, you know, speak his piece on his situation with Khalees and his son and how it plays out. The one thing I will say about it is it's ugly. And, you know, uh, parental rights and, you know, ex you know, breaking up with somebody, it's never clean. It, it rarely ever is clean. Um, the frustrating thing about it is it's always your word against theirs. And I don't like to pick sides. And that's just not that I don't necessarily do that unless there's insurmountable evidence to suggest that one person was just pummeling the other person or uh, cheating, whatever the case may be. The case of Nazi Khalees, I think the public needs for the most part to try to stay out of it because we really don't know what happened there. Um, Nazi admitted to cheating. Cheating is unfortunately bad. You can't do that. Um, but it doesn't take away your parental rights. So. At the end of the day, it's like I look at these things and I see this dirty laundry being aired out. And all I think about it, the kids, man, like your kids are going to one day grow up and see how nasty your parents have been towards each other. Um, I, I really just hate when, when families and kids get involved. Like if you got beef, it's cool. You know, you, that, that's what you want to do. But once you put kids into it, it takes a whole nother dimension. So this, this is really unfortunate. I just I hope that they figure it out and Nas can see a son or not see a son. I just, I don't know what he did. So I'm not going to pick a side, but everybody else clearly has. Listen, B, I, I know this aspect of life. Oh, too well. Um, you know, outside of just being divorced already in life and, and knowing how, you know, it is to make my kids split households and go across state and they come and spend time with me over every break and then got to go back. And now they're adjusting to it. I believe. I mean, I try to talk to him as much as possible. Who, who knows on that? And um, that's something me and my kids will always have to talk about. But on, on the Nas Khalees tip, you, you can't judge who's doing what. Because I know when I was in the position um, of, you know, ending a marriage and uh, I talked about it on a podcast before, but how you end the marriage, uh, me getting cheated on by my ex-wife, you know, at that point, saying, you know, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I want, me ending up with a whole, whole nother girlfriend. Like, I got into a serious-ass relationship while still being, I was in Kansas City at the time, going to school, in the house with my wife, and then getting into a full-fledged-ass relationship, and then ended up 
we it just became that volatile situation. So I man, I remember days where it was like I, I remember the day I left Kansas City. I sat down and I was trying to come in. I got my kids from school, all this stuff. My ex-wife came in the crib. She was yelling, arguing, whatever. We always yell and argue. And it I divulge a lot about my past and all this stuff. I guess this is one of the things I will not divulge about my ex-wife, but she has like her she had her own shit going on. Um and that's for a different podcast at a different time. So she kind of went off the off the scales and just went completely left. And I remember she put my kids in the car and I went outside, flip-flops, basketball shorts, all this. And I was like, yo, where are you going? She was like, let me go. And I like went in front of the car and she tried to hit me with the car. And I jumped out of the way and she's in the middle of the street. And she gets out in the middle of the street. And we lived in the burbs of the burbs. Like it's me, one other black family, a number of white people. My, my daughter going to school was like one of three black kids in her entire school. So uh, we had deer in the backyard. So you can't really be doing this shit. And she hopped out in the middle of the street. And she was like, yo, if you don't let me drive off with the kids now, someone's going to call the cops and I'm going to tell them you hit me. Damn. And I will forever remember those words. And I was like, fuck. And I went inside and I called my grandma and because I tell my grandma everything. And I sat down. I remember I was sitting in the walk-in closet and I was like, yo, grandma, I'm gone. And I'm highly emotional when I'm upset. So I'm like kind of crying. She's like, yo, what's your problem? I was like, yo, I'm gone. I was like, because one of two things going to happen. I'm going to stay here. She's going to say I hit her. And we're going to end up breaking up sooner or later anyway. And she's going to use that domestic violence charge to keep me from seeing my kids and hang that over my head. Or two, I've never hit a woman in my life continuing the streak, but she is actively going to make me hit her. And that's not in my character. And I can't see that happening. So plan A is going to unfold. And either way, she got me by the balls because she knows I'm not going to hit her. And two, she can just always say that I did. So I was like, she, she's kind of like, I understand where he's coming from because you feel bullied in that situation. And people don't think men feel this way. And I've never been shy about talking about it. Um, I'm not going to say I was abused in my relationship or in my ex-marriage. Uh, but due to circumstances that my ex-wife really couldn't control at the time and shit that was going on with her, I was put down and I was demeaned and threatened. And she go off the handle sometimes and do wild shit. So I can see where Nas is coming from and that feeling. And a lot of men go through this. When, you, when your household has to split and all this stuff, it's real. And a lot of guys don't talk about that. But I made the conscious effort like, yo, she's going to do something and get me caught up to the point where I can't come back. So do I stay here and let her say she hit me, blah, blah, blah. And I got domestic and I go here and I can't get these jobs. And then she tries to get child support and I can't pay it. And then I don't see my kids for the next, what, I think I was 25, for the next 15 years of my life. I was like, no, I'm out. And I remember packing my bags, calling my girlfriend at the time who flew me out to Vegas. Um, I remember getting an email in my phone and my ex-wife had my phone hacked at that point. Uh, and she got the email that my girlfriend had bought me a ticket. And she was like, get out now. And the ticket wasn't for like another day and a half. And I had to go. She put, I put all my shit in this military duffel bag for my boy who was in the Air Force. Grabbed my Xbox and my laptop and sat outside. I had to just crash on someone's couch until I went to the airport. And I remember that that was the straw that broke the back. And this shit happens. Like, it really does. And my kids were young. I'm actually not even sure if they remember it. But they remember me being gone. And then next thing you know, I'm in Vegas. And they're just always visiting. Um, and now they know mommy and daddy had a divorce and blah, blah, blah. And we have, you know, our own relationships now. So they're happy about those situations. But I'm not sure how much of that they remember. And 
that's something you always think about. It's like, yo, I hope they don't remember those aspects, the fights, the hurt, trying to run me over with them in the backseat. Um, to be completely honest, just of a situation, uh, I remember one time I was here in Vegas and the kids had come back here for like a period of a year and a half and their mother had like one of her little episodes and stuff. I remember she couldn't control her emotions and she said she was going to drive the car off of the 215 overpass. And like my kids were in the car and I was like, yo, that was the wildest shit. And I was like, yo, it's it's really getting to a point where it's just volatile. And we didn't talk for like a good year and a half. There was two Christmases my kids weren't out here. I remember, uh, and this is somewhat recent. Um, I remember two years ago, UFC Fan Fest, that'd be three, three years ago, I believe, three or four. My kids met you and Marcus and all this stuff when we hung out. That was over the summer. I didn't see my kids for a full calendar year because she just withheld them and was saying all that shit. And I was like, yo, I just got to stay away. I got a lawyer, got all this. And then now, lo and behold, we got a, a contract and some papers and, and I see my kids all the time. So I, I sympathize when I hear stuff like that from Nas's side. I try not to pick sides, but I understand how that can happen. But I'm sure Khalees has her reasonings, no, no different than my ex-wife. So these little squabbles and battles always hit home. Um, I thankfully never went to social media with this shit. Uh, I just, you know, blare it all on my podcast. But uh, nah, yeah, man, it, it happens. So it, it's a situation that happens way too often to men and men are afraid to lend their voices to the situation. Um, keeping someone's kids for the moment isn't cool. The battle is is long and it sucks, but at the end it, it works out. So um, yeah, man, it, it was crazy to see it play out, but it's one of those situations you'd be like, you know what, this shit happens a lot. A lot, sucks, man. A lot. Like I, it, it's a lot. And again, like I said, I, I just try to stay out of that stuff because you never really know, man. And it's like I even have a situation that's going on here in Vegas with it's nothing with me. Some people that I know where it's really ugly and I'm watching people discuss it on Facebook. And I'm like, man, y'all not really in that household. Like, how do y'all speak on what's going on? Yeah. So it's like it's, it's just best to stay out of those things. I'm I mean, when things get dangerous and things get violent, of course, somebody has to step in. But when the public chooses sides, it just it just makes it ugly. It never it's ugly. Gets- and, and it's hard to come back. Like, her, I, I can't really rock with my ex-wife's family like that. Like, I go get my kids from Kansas City. My ex-wife drops them off at the airport. Uh, I, I do the turnaround flight. I fly in, walk out the terminal, get my kids out of the car, walk back into the terminal, and right back on the plane. Right. Because I can't rock with her family at all. Just because, like, those times, those... When you choose sides and however, if it ends and, you know, me and my ex-wife are amicable now, whatever it may be, you just don't forget certain shit. So I remember stuff that like her mom said or like her sister said. And I'm just like, I really don't fuck a child like that no more. So when people are are doing this in a public forum, so many people do this on Facebook. And I remember her mom tried saying shit to me on Facebook. I had to like block her just to get off my page. Like, like, yo, don't bring this to social media. Like you're wilding. And people feel like that's their outlet. That's the way to be heard. Like, they're proving a point or something. Like, that shit is stupid. So, yeah, keep it off of social media. But, once again, if you're going through it, people do go through it. So, don't feel like you're the only one. Like, um, Nas didn't necessarily handle it in the right way. But it's a good opportunity to bring these things to light. Um, as guys, as women, uh, on the other end. Like, some so women are going through the same thing. Where, you know, they, they want the guy to see the kids and the guy won't. Like, there's many, many different aspects to this shit. Um, just don't be afraid to talk about it to people you're close with. 
Uh, don't put it on social media, but actually talk to people about it. Share it. Make sure it gets out because it'll eat at you if you keep it inside. Um, that's Nas's ratchet shit of the week. Other ratchet shit is shoe throwing, Drake. This is what I like. This is the beef that I like. Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj. I had to hit you up in the group chat. We did a tale of the tape. New York Fashion Week. It was going down. Nicki Minaj wanted no smoke with Cardi B. Cardi was in a grill. How you talking about my baby? This is this is past. We're just talking about social media beef. This is real life shit. Cardi B was all about it. And Nicki was like, yeah, now nah, I got security. <sighs> See, look, man. Like, <laughs> Listen, man. Can't take can't take our people nowhere. Look, I, I it's it's funny because Nikki has been subliminally taking these little jabs at Cardi B. And Cardi B's the new kid on the block. For all intents and purposes, yeah, she had Bodak Yellow was a big big song. She had a big album. But she's still a relatively new kid on the block. And clearly she don't play. So it's you know, with all this back and forth nonsense, it's like, man, she had enough and she spotted her and and, and people don't understand. Like people's like, why did it happen there? Well, where else was it gonna happen if it wasn't there? Cardi wanted to have a word with Nikki. And if Nikki didn't want to have a word, she got a shoe thrown at her. Look, man, it's ugly. Women in hip hop, it, it further uh, pushes the narrative that women in hip hop can't work together, which is really unfortunate. From Foxy and Little Kim um, to Remy and Nikki, and now it's Nikki and Cardi. There's a common denominator, which clearly seems like it's Nikki. I, again, I don't want to necessarily choose sides, but. It seems like everybody's got a problem with Nicki. Is it because she's on top? I don't think so, because Cardi B had a bigger album than Nicki this year. But that's that's hip hop, right? There can only there can be only one. That's hip hop for women, and that's a perspective of women. Like for for the men, like dog Drake and Meek Mill just made up, so they're good. Like Kendrick and Drake, yeah, people try to put them against each other, but for the most part, like we haven't heard these two go at each other. The Nicki and Cardi narrative has been pushed beyond. The comprehension it's been worked into reality yeah so like now we're here and uh nikki hasn't done enough to try to defuse this and cardi had enough you know they i guess there was some tweets that uh that cardi saw that nikki liked when somebody was talking about <laughs> her being a parent look man the one thing that i've learned about being a parent is you don't talk about my parenting or my child or i'll murder you and i, and I know that sounds harsh but that's just the way it goes like nobody plays with that so Cardi had enough. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at her. Could have been done in a better better place with more attack. But this is Cardi B. What y'all expect? Yeah, they forgot where Cardi came from. It's incredible. One, I'm not sure if mainstream media really grasps where Cardi came from. She just was the wave and they jumped on. And then people act as though Cardi, regardless of you know being a stripper and all this stuff, didn't act like this even after she was on. She became IG famous. Continue to act the same way she was in the strip club. She was still mad hood, mad Bronx. You roll forward. She's on Loving Hip Hop. She's acting the same damn way. Fighting all the time. Just being, ow, all this shit, the catchphrases. Wow, this is who she is. So now she leaves that and, and makes a nice little lane for herself in hip hop and starts selling albums. And she with Bruno Mars and rock bands and all this shit. And they forget Cardi is still Cardi. And she will always be Cardi, it seems like. And there's nothing yeah, wrong I, with that. Just don't try her. Don't bring it I, out of her. 
I ain't mad at her. Like, I mean, the people are like, oh, she shouldn't act like that. Look, man, you you don't necessarily, especially nowadays, there is no, like, media training anymore. There is no um, etiquette. Nobody teaches etiquette. Look, eat with this fork and knife. Like, once you're rich, you're rich. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> so Cardi's, Cardi's doing a lot better than she was two years ago. And, but the the who she is is still within her and and she doesn't and the whole Nikki thing like she tried to play it cool it seemed like and these two have blown up and it doesn't help because Nicki Minaj has got her queen radio and ugh, oh crazy. and now we get to the worst part of this Nicki Minaj there's no songs nothing on wax there's no fists being thrown no fades being caught the way that Nicki decided was the best way to address this was to go on her randomly out of thin air created podcast and speak on it. And everyone flocked to it. Listen, her and her barbs, if the barbs want to feel connected to her and listen to her ramble about nothing every week, that is fine. Listen to it. I feel like she is now part of a growing sect of people who are hopping on this podcast train because other avenues in their career are coming to a screeching halt. They're not doing it because they're good at it. They're not doing it because they want it to make it their career. They're doing it for selfish reasons. And they want to keep their little 15 seconds of fame or 15 minutes or 15 hours or 15 years of fame going a little bit longer. And this is what's hot right now. And Cardi's the latest to do so and if funk master flex doesn't shut the hell up on these podcasts me and him are gonna have to have the fade off site and he's my daddy's age you know half my family but he might have to catch it just because he's annoying as hell on this yeah i mean i don't want to go too long because we got a lot of combat sports to talk about but i will say this like every rapper doesn't need a podcast look the only thing i really care about look joe bunny i'll go i'll say this to preface it joe bunny has done a great job with transitioning Problem with Joe Budden is he, he continues to dabble with maybe I'll come back. Look, shut up. You're retired. Stop talking about it. You can't <laughs> like be a be one of us. Be a journalist. I'm not going to say, man, I murder Eminem on the mic. That sounds ridiculous. I can't do that. So Joe needs to stop. Like I get it. You were in the game, but you're no longer in the game. Um, every rapper doesn't need a podcast. The only thing that I really care about, and maybe this is just me, but I care about stories. So if Bun B, for instance, wanted to have a podcast and told me old stories about UGK getting put on, I'd love to hear it. That was what's so great about Combat Jack, right? Right. Like Jack being a part of the industry and having these relationships was great. Drink Champs, Nori having relationships like the Memphis Bleak episode. I sat there and watched it for like three hours recently. <laughs> I know I'm late to the party, but I was like, yo, I was, my wife watched it. She was like, man, I've never heard these stories before. Stories. Because... In this day and age, there's no longer stories that really exist anymore. For the most part, everything's out there. So rappers from like the 90s and the early 2000s between Twitter, MySpace, and before Facebook and all that became popular, there are a lot of stories that never existed. And I guess that's something I realized about myself is I lived through an era and I've experienced things that weren't – there were no camera phones and there were no – none of that stuff existed. So these stories are interesting. So to have a podcast about that, I'm all for it. But to have a podcast just running down somebody else or to bitch and moan about your album not selling, I don't want to hear that, man. That's bastardizing the industry. Yep. And Nikki, Nikki needs to chill. Like, I don't want to see Lord Jamar with a podcast unless he's talking about Brand Nubian and, and trying to, you know, see if uh, Grand Poole cast a fade. Like, I want to hear about that. But yeah. You, guys are- you know what? Enlighten the culture. Bring something to it. Offer yeah, some it- actual content. 
Like if Q-Tip had a, a podcast explaining the ups and downs of a tribe called Quest, I'd be here for it. But Nicki Minaj, you're still in the industry. You're still part of this business. I don't need to hear your podcast. I don't want it. Just play some music. Go away. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, which, I feel like this is the beginning. And these rappers turned podcasters are doing what these young kids, what they complain about all the time. They're hypocrites. They complain about these young kids not caring about the culture, just thinking hip-hop's the way out of the hood and bastardizing the culture and coming in and being mumble rappers and selling. But yet, those kids are taking their spots. They maybe sell a little less albums. They're put it, being pushed to the back burner, and they're going to mumble rap their way right into our podcast culture. And it's like, yo, we got this. There's cool, listen, just like on television. You know what? There, there's room for ex-NFL players to be on TV and be analysts. But there's also real-ass journalists who work their way up to be there with them. So we can coexist. But don't do it just because you're whack for a second and your next album pop and you're gone. Like, that's don't don't come and, and just half-step. Don't take over our culture. Um, we're building something really nice here. Go go away. Let us, let us rock. So uh, that's my rant on these newfound podcasters. Um, man... Outside of that, though, it's time to talk combat sports, right? That's what we're here for. We got a big weekend in boxing, uh, WWE pay-per-view. But first, let's recap last weekend, UFC 228. In Dallas, Tyron Woodley headlining that card. Um, Man, it's it's crazy. But before we get into that fight, the co-main event never got off the ground. Bullet Shevchenko came in, said said that she didn't think the champ was going to make it into the octagon. Said it all week, all week, all week. And guess what? She was right. Yeah, I mean, this sucks for Nico. Okay, first of all, I think it's wrong for the UFC to just strip her of the title. I think it's foolish. There's Um, no precedent. That's what's bad. There's no in-ground rule. Like, you can't make up the rules per person every time you go along. There should be something on paper. Like, the girl ran through the Ultimate Fighter as the 14th seed won and became the champion she should have every right to defend it um i get it like she didn't make weight she had to go to the hospital but that's there's no written rule that suggests just because you don't make weight you automatically vacate the title that's a little ridiculous because if it wasn't nico and if it ended up being connor or one of dana's favorite guys they wouldn't have dropped the title they just would have rebooked the fight so I think that's pretty unfortunate for Nico because, you know, this this may be her only chance. Like, a lot of nobody picked her to beat Valentina to begin with. But, dude, give the girl a shot at her glory. Like, give her opportunity. She is the champion. She did run through a rigorous Ultimate Fighter house. She did, I mean, I know she didn't beat uh, Sojourner, uh, Eubanks, but she beat Roxanne Mataferi to become the champion. Give her the opportunity to defend it. I don't care what Valentina said. Yes, it looks good. It looks good for Valentina in hindsight to say that Nico didn't fight her. But Nico, it was like Nico showed up and really didn't want to fight. She had to go to the hospital. It's always a problem with weight cutting, but dog, don't strip her the title. Give her an opportunity to defend this title. Now, now she's going to vacate the title, and she's probably not going to get another shot at it. So I, I don't like how this whole thing played out. But it, it's just one of my many gripes with the UFC. Lately. But she knew, and I agree. I don't like how it played out. The precedent sucks. There's no precedent for it. It's horrible, but she knew the status she was in. She knew this was her shot to make that decent payday, and if she won, then it's off and running. 
this was her chance. And you, as a professional, as an underdog, as someone who had to cut weight through the entire Ultimate Fighter house, you can't mess up now. No, like with that, I agree to a degree. Like the degree that I agree with is that, yes, you're supposed to be a professional. You're supposed to make weight. This is your job. So she like find her, do whatever. But stripping over the title, I felt like was a bit extreme, especially the fact that she found it out on social media is even worse. It's just a terrible way of handling business. Like these conversations should have been had well before the fight was made. Like you're the champ. If you don't make way for your title fight, you vacate the title. Like there needs to be something in writing. You just don't surprise people with that. But Nico should have made weight. She should have took care of herself. Whatever the case may be, like going to the hospital, we don't know exactly what the circumstances was, but clearly it was from her cutting weight. Maybe she's done it a billion times before, but it didn't work out this time. She should have figured it out. But dog, you don't take the title off of her. That's just, it's just not right. It just, it just sets a terrible precedent where people say, damn, I could be stripped at any time for anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's... It's shitty. But I'm saying, if you knew it coming in, be a professional, do your damn job. Of course. When you got one shot, like if you told me, Kel, I want to I co-host for this podcast. Your first week is blah, blah, blah. And that day, so we're good. Yo, Dre, we're ready. Thursday, four years ago, it's, Dre, we're ready. Make sure I answer coins on Thursday. Dre, you're ready. Make sure I answer coins on Thursday. Wednesday comes. Yo, Dre, I can't go to insert coins tomorrow. You're going to take all the equipment back. You're going to say, cool, Kel, you're going to find another podcast host. Maybe. And my one but, shot is a wrap. But, but I'm I saying, like, you. when you're the underdog, even if you did it and you gave me the chance, cool beans, you're a nice guy, but you didn't have to. Like, if you put me on and I'm in the situation and I'm the underdog, I better make it count. Yeah, but I'd still tell you. I'd be like, Kel, hey, man, you're not here, so I'm moving on. That, that's the difference. I feel like there would be something. told her. Yeah, like, but Dane, like Nico said... He didn't tell her. And that seems like it's been the pattern of Dana White. Like, people find out a lot of shit on social media. It's not how you handle business. You create, create anarchy and apathy within your company. Not, not a good way to handle business. She should have made weight. There's the, we should have never got to this point. But to strip her, and, and you know, like, what's the point? Like, what are we doing now? Like, who's Valentina fighting now? Um, if you ask my opinion, Joanna. But they're going to find someone in her fight. Uh, someone else moved. Down from 135. I forgot who it was. I'm just saying, ultimately, it it devalidates the Ultimate Fighter house. What was the point of even going through the house if the one who won is no longer the champion? So, it sucks. They should figure out, just have better tact. And they did. Oh, well. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Um, people who actually fought on the card, in which, let's just start by saying the card was actually really good. It was very good. Really good. Um, finishes galore. It's sad to see that uh, the kid with the head kick, I, I forgot his name. I'll pull it up here in a second. Probably KO of the, it definitely KO the night. Arguably one of the best KOs of the year. Didn't get a bonus. And now, what is it? Jared Brooks um, doesn't get a bonus. And now he's back to like, Jared Brooks. No, no, no. Jeff, Jeff Neal. Yeah, now he's me. back to um, bagging groceries, so that that's whack. But outside of that, everyone else, man, this card delivered. Just finish after finish after finish after finish, and it was fun. So running through real quick, uh, Jeff Neal, yeah, took Camacho's head off. Camacho was a champ. He's yelling at him. He took a beating. Kept on ticking until it was lights out. So that was a fun-ass fight. Uh, sorry, Aljo. 
your boy. Yeah. Continues rolling another prospect down the drain. A submission, a weird-ass knee bar submission to win. And, and it looks like he's just climbing back up to where he's supposed to be. Yeah, he's back to where he's supposed to be. And then that finish was like, man, that might be the submission of the year contender. And there's a beat was like, hold my beer. <laughs> you, oh, you had a crazy name on Twitter for that submission. Uh, for for Aljamain, I called yeah. it the Funkmaster Flex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to do it. That And one of these times, he's going to submit someone with the full Nelson. Yeah, he. I mean, dude, Billy Jack Haynes, and people are like, who the fuck is Billy Jack Haynes? Billy Jack Haynes would have been proud of that full Nelson. He put that dude, he put Cody Stammen in the full Nelson and then transitioned to that knee bar. Just, it was just a beautiful sequence of grappling from Aljamain. But that's the thing about Aljamain. Real quick, I hate that he kicks so much. I'll never like it. But when he's on the he's on the mat and he's grappling, he's tough to beat. World class wrestler. Uh, he'll be back in that title contention soon. Seems like. Oh, I agree. Yeah, um, but he just has to remember the kicks don't bother me. He keeps distance. It allows people not to touch his chin, which we've seen him get kneed in the face. It's not a good look. So keep people at a distance until somehow you can get them on the ground, and then we're good. Once you're on the ground, you're a human boa constrictor, so you're fine. Uh, another person who just mauls people on the ground, Tatiana Suarez against Carla Esparza, worked her from the opening bell to the end and ended up getting the finish. She's Khabib-like. This was unfair. Look. <laughs> Against a former champion. Unfair. Yeah, like, Cookie Monster is a, she, you know, she's a former champion. She's She's gotten better over the years. Now, people forget, she just had a hell of a fight with Claudia Gadelia. Like, they had a great fight. And Carla Esparza, a lot, you know, some people thought maybe she might win. It could be close. Blah, 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 blah. Um, real quick, Kel, and I don't think this, like, nobody knows what we're talking about here. But uh, you are added to the list for this weekend. Thank you, sir. <laughs> when we get to Canelo Triple G, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth, what, what that means. But uh, back to this. Tatiana Suarez, I mean, clearly, she's a contender. Uh, she's a former world champion wrestler. She's a giant extra weight. And, yes, she's absolutely Khabib-like. And what she did to Carla Esparza should have been criminal. There's really nowhere for her to go unless she fights Jessica Andrade, Rose Damayunas, or... Ioana. No, no, no. If, if Ioana's around, I, I, I have a feeling Ioana will drop down. But Or Claudia. But Claudia's already booked for a fight. So there's no use in, in wasting people against Tatiana Suarez because she's just going to continue murdering people. Well, she has um, no problem with that. Getting paid and making it look easy. Yeah, she, I mean, dude, she's fucking, she is arguably the best prospect in all of the UFC. Yeah, right last now. week I said, listen, she's going to be a future champion. She yeah. is. I don't she, care. Like, if she gets too big for division, have to move to 125, I can see her winning up there. But it seems like she makes weight pretty easy. She's just tall and lanky. She's, man, she's strong as shit. And what she, what she did to Carla was, again, it was yeah. criminal. So, she said she'd yeah. been wrestling since she was three. You don't see that too often. No, nah, man, if people have seen video of her wrestling in world championships, she just mauls people. This is not a, really a surprise. I didn't think that she would develop, because the thing is, is that she was a great wrestler, but she's become a great grappler. And, and it, it, it's a very different set of circumstances when you're grappling versus when you're just trying to take some, somebody down. She doesn't waste very much when she transitions from, you know, guard to full guard to, to half guard to full mount. Like, if you watch her, she moves like she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She's, she might, she, she may be world champion sooner than we know. Yeah, that's because no one else in the division is like her. 
You can prepare for a lot of strikers. Can't play, prepare for another Tatiana Suarez. Um, next up was Al Hassan knocking out Nico Price. I like that. We split on that prediction last week. Yep. And uh, it, it was pretty much kill or be killed in that fight, though. Could have went either yep. way. Al Hassan just, uh, he looks good lately, though. A lot of power there. Um, Jimmy Rivera, the only decision uh, after the FX card started, defeated John Dodson, made it look pretty easy. That was, it was the worst fight in the card. Who would have expected that John Dodson and Jimmy Rivera wouldn't have been fun to watch? It, John it, Dodson it, really didn't engage, though. It was a different did. John Dodson. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the hair. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> the power's not in the hair? Anti-pusher teeth? No, it just wasn't fun. So he needs to cut the hair. So something, but yeah, it sucks. Um, anyway. Zabit versus Brandon Davis. Hey, the hold my beer submission hold the night. Yo, we see two in one night. Two knee bars one night. This one was a little less brutal than Aljamain's, but equally as pretty. Um, Zabit seems to be the real deal. Ground, yeah. standing. It's interesting um, because he's like a, a little Khabib. And for that division, it's another division where, you know, stuff is, is getting real interesting. Connor left it. It seemed barren. It seemed like a wasteland. Who's next? Now Holloway gets injured twice, looks up, like, damn, this is the gauntlet. Because imagine Zabit versus Ortega. Yeah, no. Like, they're... <laughs> The matchups in this division are incredible, so it's nice to see the division where it's come in such a short period of time. Um, Jessica Andrade versus Carolina Kovacavich. I was okay, okay. so wrong about this fight. Look, I was right, but there's nothing to gloat about being right because the thing that I didn't see coming was a brutal one-punch knockout. That was insane. No one sees it coming. No one in strawweight history has seen a one-hitter quitter like that. She murdered Carolina. Like, and, and for, for the record, for like the betting people, I was like, man, you should bet on Carolina because she's like a plus four hundred underdog. Like, that's huge odds. Like, take it. Is it put down ten dollars? You win. You, you can win. But I think Jessica doesn't win. I didn't see that kind of murder coming. That was murder, death, kill. That was demolition man type shit. <laughs> yeah, she she looked every bit of Rumble Johnson, every bit of man, just. Dan Henderson, anyone with a huge right hand, she add her right to that list. She looked like that for featherweight. And she always looks huge, right, in the octagon. It seems like now she's more comfortable letting those hands go. Before, it was more pressure and accumulation. I think now she's just like, yo, I'm going to get you out of here. It's even more impressive that Joanna beat her the way she did. But, yeah, but like, I'm not sure if Joanna can still do the same now. The pressure seems different. The pressure seems like those other yeah. guys. It seems like Look, right. one round, one round and a half, we're getting busy. Like she's the black beast. Like she's in Ganu. Like she's like, you know what? I'm not interested going five. I'm going to give my all for a one and a half, two rounds. If you last longer than that, you might get me. But good luck. Yeah. So that, that was impressive. She might, I thought Suarez might have just jumped everyone into the title picture. Andrade was like, nah, 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 hold on. Slow down, youngin. And, and she's back. And now Rose, we'll see where Rose is at mentally, but it's going to be one hell of a task keeping that belt. Yep. Um, welterweight, Tyron Woodley versus Darren Till. I was wrong. You know what? I thought, you know what? Time's come. How long can you hold the belt? Woodley said, I can hold this belt for as long as I want to. And we saw the best version of Woodley, an aggressive Woodley. That's all I wanted, man. I saw what I wanted from Tyron Woodley. Aggression, 
constantly attacking Darren Till and then ending it with the submission Darsh choke. Well-rounded game. He showed every aspect of his MMA game. Well, I will, like I said, the thing that I said last week um, holds true here. Tyron Woodley is one of the most cerebral fighters in the UFC right now. He picks your game apart, and he figures out what to do before the fight starts. If he has to neutralize your striking like he did with Wonderboy, there's that. If he wants to make sure that you don't get him to the ground like Damian Maya, there's that. Darren Till expected him to do what he did against Wonderboy. Woodley was like, nah. I, I expected him to try to wear him down, which he started to do when he clinched him along the fence. He wanted to test out that cardio. But the thing that Woodley saw that a lot of people didn't see is like Darren Till likes to come in with that lead hook. I mean, that lead uppercut, which is a terrible striking position for unless your name is Conor McGregor. <laughs> and he, he ate him up with that, that counter right. I mean, yes, he was aggressive, but he knew he had to be like Woodley's going to fight the style that's going to take to win the fight. He's not going to come out the same way every time. Look, man. There's this there's this weird thing about like Mexican fighters. We'll talk about this with Canelo, Mexican style, or black fighters being aggressive, or whatever the case may be. Tyron Woodley's one of the smartest ring octagon generals there there are. He fights the way he fights because he knows what he has to do to win. And what he did against uh, against Darren Till was phenomenal. And another golden boy for Dana White hits the dirt. Another one will rise up named Colby Covington. When are we going to make Tyron Woodley a star, man? Not like, until after this Kobe fight, because Dan is putting it all in on Kobe Covington. He took him to the White House, and we're finally getting it. MAGA Covington versus, oh, man, I, I hope, I hope we get full kneeling Kaepernick shirt on version heading into the next, next fight. I want Woodley to go all the way, all the way with it. Don't worry, we will. We'll, we'll see that. But more importantly, like, it's just frustrating because Tyron Woodley, yes, he's defended this title multiple times now. He is arguably a top three welterweight of all time. I think yeah. we can make that argument. Oh, no, like yeah, this. I think so. I, I, don't, I don't know who you put above him. I, there's now, not three guys you put above. The bizarre thing is, and it's not even bizarre, but it's bizarre to me in the sense that Tyron Woodley is the, the champion. Tyron Woodley has been in films like Straight Outta Compton. Tyron Woodley hosts a show on TMZ. Why is the UFC not pushing this guy? At this point, it's become like, man, is it because he's black? Because I can't find anything else. Nobody else has this much cachet outside of the octagon than Woodley. Well, Unless you're, it's kind of he, he didn't do it with them. Exactly, but but he they would never do it with him. That was always a problem. But that's, Woodley, that's what that's what the key is, though. You can't go out and make your own money. What like, are you doing for them? For for those who have listened to this podcast for the years that have gone by, we had Woodley on the show early on the podcast. We discussed him being on Straight Outta Compton. Like that was when we had guests. We don't do guests anymore. And people are like, why don't you do guests? And there's some people like, well, I'd rather just hear y'all talk. What the fuck ever? Because everyone but, else does guests. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, I'm over it. Like I don't want to hear that. But Woodley was one of the guests, and he, like he's just a good dude, man. And he he does he he's paved his own way because the UFC wasn't going to do it for him. So now. He, he stopped Darren Till, an undefeated fighter who was a giant that the UFC put all their cachet behind like, with the promos and everything else. Covington's going to be the next to get smashed. Like, he's a star. And the UFC, I don't think, will ever figure it out. Yeah, Covington's getting worked. I can't wait. And I hope we see another version of aggressive Woodley. There's no reason not to be against Covington. His hands aren't well, that lethal. Well, yeah, but I mean, exactly. The thing with Covington is, Covington's a good wrestler, but yeah. he can't strike. No, Woody's just sprawl and brawl. Yeah, Woodley's going to murder him. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be, be so fun. I hope it's in New York. Um, 
All right, yeah, that's UFC. Quick transition, roll it right over into boxing. Um, everything's really about this week, but we can't forget to mention another former guest of the podcast, our boy from right here in Vegas, uh, Sean Porter. Went out there, and I had no doubts he was going to get it done, and he did. Danny Garcia is really good. He is not in that class of fighter. He's right well, below it. And it's close. Will, He'll keep it close. Kept it close against Thurman. Kept it close here. You know what? He's just not there. He's good. I will argue, I will argue this point. Um, I think he is in that class. My problem with Danny Garcia has always been he doesn't throw enough punches. Anybody who's listening to the show, I've said the same thing forever. He waits. He waits. Isn't that he the waits. Broner argument? Broner's talented enough to be in that class. He doesn't throw punches. Broner's different because Broner's athletically gifted. Danny Garcia is actually a very smart fighter who knows when to counter. The problem is he doesn't throw enough punches. And when he hit Sean, he hit him clean. But he just didn't throw enough punches. He allowed Sean Porter to dictate the fight. And that's why I always knew the problem was going to be. I always knew the problem was going to be Danny couldn't deal with that pressure for 12 rounds because he, he waits too long. So he gave away his WBC, the opportunity to be the WBC champion again. Oh, well, his bad. Sean Porter is now the WBC champion. He earned it. Sean went out there and fought 12 rounds, stuck his – like the first couple rounds were weird. I was like, what's Sean doing? He's like, he's trying to box. But then he went back to what he knows. Some call it football style. It's not. It's just really, really smart aggression. And it, <laughs> Like it's really aggressive fighting. It's like you know, put your head in somebody's chest and throw punches. Um, but he I thought you were going to go John Cena with it and say ruthless aggression. Nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but Sean Porter won that fight. Like people were like, ah, you know, Danny Garcia was crying sour grapes and what what have you. But no, nah, Sean won that fight, man. And it, it's going to be interesting because I know the WBC has plans for Sean Porter. Obviously, Errol Spence seems like he wants to shout the title, but then he's, he's talking about Errol. I mean, uh, Mikey Garcia. So. Things are going to be interesting, but the welterweight division is just extremely crowded. There's nothing but fun fights there. Yeah, and Sean's not going to duck anyone. Sean wants to fight a lot more often than he's been fighting. As champion, you get those opportunities. You yeah. can always take the mandatory. Like, there's fights to be had when you have the belt. So it'll be interesting to see how he rolls this over. Good fight by Sean, though. Um, it was exciting. I, I like these high-level matchups. That's what it comes down to. Regardless if I thought Danny was going to win or not, I like to see two high-level fighters go against each other. And that's what it was. It was good. Um, now, moving our focus this weekend, Canelo versus Triple G. More trash talk than the first time. A lot more yapping. The fight still doesn't seem abnormally large to me. It doesn't seem big. Like uh, You haven't been at the MGM. Oh, it's rocking. I haven't been. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah, it's 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 busy. There's, I'll say this. So I've been involved. Is it NASCAR? Yeah. Or is it the fight? No, 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 no. It's the fight. All right, good. Um, I mean, I've, there's a Microsoft convention at the gym, so there's a lot of people there. However, the amount of media that has come out for this this fight, like, I'm seeing people that I'm like, yo, I haven't seen you in a minute. Like, there's there's a lot of people. They sold out. The fight sold out. T-Mobile, yeah, which is um, no easy feat at T-Mobile. No, it's not. Um, but this fight is big. Uh, there's a lot riding on this fight for both for, for both parties. And, and just kind of to break it down, I mean, for Golovkin, you're in a situation where the naysayers have said, you're not really that good. You're 36. This is your last shot. You lose to Canelo. Like, it's either greatness or nothing for Triple G. If he wins, 
they're going to start arguing, is he one of the greatest middleweights of all time? That's the argument that immediately arises if he beats Canelo. If he loses, there's no discussion whatsoever. Like, he's If he loses, I don't know out. where he goes. Well, he's completely out of the conversation of being one of the greatest middleweights of all time. Forget the knockout streak. Forget the title defenses. Forget all that. He loses, he's out. Canelo's in this really That's unfair because a lot of the other people we consider the greatest middleweights of all time all have losses. No, but it's not that. It's the fact that Golovkin lost to somebody that people thought was finally on his level. The argument against Golovkin has always been he's fought nobody. And that's shitty because right? the draw really hurts him then. Because he well, won that fight. Yeah, but but the fact remains, you lose to Canelo in the rematch, people are going to take it all away from you. Like, you can't be an all-time great. Bernard Hopkins will still remain as one of the greatest middleweights of all time. But the Canelo conversation is very interesting. It's something I've actually asked him multiple times this week. We had we have a couple of times that we got a chance to sit down with Canelo. The thing about Canelo is this. He is, I wrote a story on Sporting News called He's Fighting Out of a Shadow of Doubt. The last 12 months have sucked for Canelo if you really think about it. Yeah. He spent the two years prior with people saying he's ducking Triple G. Triple G fights the real Mexican style while Canelo doesn't, which is kind of bullshit because Canelo's actually a pretty good boxer. Just because he's going to go and try to punch people's heads off every fight doesn't mean, like, Mexican style, it makes you sound like you're stupid, which is not necessarily true. But that's what he's dealt with. The Mexican fans have shifted to Triple G. They booed him at that fight. Then you have the failed drug test. Well, they booed him after all... the decision. No, they booed him up and they booed him that night. If you remember that night when, when Canelo walked out, there was a decent segment of fans, that, Mexican fans, that oh, booed okay. I, I know the crowd, the crowd was a little bit split, but I couldn't tell if there was with the Mexican fans, kind of like uh, Mexican booed. Triple G fans. It was Mexican Independence Day and Canelo's getting booed. So now you have Mexican fans that have turned their back on Canelo. Then you have the failed drug test. Which yeah. makes people question, was he on something when he fought Triple G the first time? So Canelo's Mexican greatness is in question in this fight. If he loses, because not only has he now lost to Floyd Mayweather, now he's fought, lost to Golovkin. So then the question is, well, how good is Canelo? Because he's still 28 years old, which is insane. Yeah. He's still very young. But you lose this fight, people will say, your Mexican style sucks. You don't, you don't have the balls. You probably needed those drugs to have that draw the first time if he loses the rematch. Mm -hmm. And the Mexican fans are really going to turn their back on Canelo. So they both, like, this fight has a lot of implications. And I'm, I'm excited to see it, but, man, there's a lot writing for both of these guys. What they're going to say is he's not Oscar. And that's a horrible thing to have to live up to. Well, don't, don't, but wait, that's wait, wait, where they've put him. Well, wait. Oscar was booed by Mexican fans. Yeah, because he wasn't Mexican enough. At, no, no, no. at one point, and they started doing novellas and all this shit. No, no, no. But, but what, what got Oscar booed, really, was the Trinidad fight. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Trinidad, though. Like, but, but, crazy going, Puerto Rico. But, but winning the fight for the first half and then giving away the last six rounds because you think you're ahead, yeah. that's, that's quote-unquote not Mexican style. And it's really not because Oscar truly ran those six rounds. And I've been trying to get a word with Oscar. It's like Canelo's in a position that you were kind of in. Oh, he's just going to tell you that he's running for president. Well, ah, fuck that. But um, <laughs> the thing about Canelo is also, you know, like some Mexican fans don't like that he's so light-skinned and he's a redhead. He doesn't look like the average Mexican. There's a lot of things playing against Canelo. Like, people love Canelo and they like to watch him fight. But if he loses his fight, man, oh, man, that landslide is coming. It's incredible because those are all positives against Mayweather. Of course they were. How shit changes. Um, quick, too. Kid is so young. We'll see. It all comes down to what happens on Saturday night. Um, official prediction, who wins and how? Uh, well, I'll put it like this. Um, Canelo's got to start off fast. That is the key here. Um, 
He waited too long in the first fight. This is very similar to Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. Canelo's going to be the guy who's going to look to counterpunch. Golovkin's going to be the guy that looks to make the fight. The judges are going to remember, no matter what anybody tells you, the judges, like Benji Estevez is one of the judges who's a really good judge. But these guys are all going to remember the first fight. If Golovkin is pressuring, Canelo's not throwing, Golovkin's going to win those rounds. So Canelo's going to have to fight. The problem with Canelo starting off fast is his cardio kind of sucks. He also looks slim. If Golovkin goes to the body early, he can take those late rounds. I'm picking Golovkin by decision. I'm sticking to it. But I would not be surprised with the late stoppage by Golovkin. I would give you Golovkin by decision at least one knockdown in this fight, though. I don't think it'll be triple. I'll, I'd be thoroughly surprised if Triple G gets hurt in this fight. The guy's got a, a granite chin. Canelo seems like the guy because of his slimmer frame, um, and he's clearly going to move in this fight. He he's seems a like lot smaller probably... a lot earlier this time. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he's slim. He's still going to weigh the same, but he's slim. He won't, He's not going to balloon up. Um, but if anybody was to go down, I would say that it'd be Canelo. Unless Triple G gets old overnight, which is possible. really possible at 36. But I'm pick, I think Golovkin's going to win this fight, man. It, I'm going with the same Golovkin by a decision, even though a knockout would be nice. Might put some money on that. Um, all right. We got like 10 minutes left. We got to transition real quick. Can't talk about the whole week in the WWE, but we got a pay-per-view, Dre. Just that quick. It doesn't feel special at all. Uh, but Hell in a Cell is upon us. It arguably has the worst poster I've seen from the WWE in a decade. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Why is Roman Reigns the devil in a baby face? And why is, what is Braun? Uh, half gargoyle, half ram. This is stupid. He's a like succubus. Every, I don't know. I'm going to say this. Like, I think I've talked about this the past few weeks. Like, yes, I watch the WWE every week. But I, I have less and less interest in watching it the night it airs or the day after like literally i watched raw and smackdown at 6 a.m this morning because we were doing this show because I, I really could care less like i was like yeah you ain't I, missing nothing. I didn't miss anything in this pay-per-view i'm just like i'm i'm look oh also you're gonna find another guest next week because i'll be in london for joshua pavekin so i won't be here to recap anything international but, uh, dre yeah but um yeah like this card like the matches are booked all wrong, so let's just go ahead and go through, and I'll just explain how these are these are terribly booked matches. I'm gonna have to do a crazy show next week. I might try to invite the entire Reverse Rat Pack on. I'll have fun. Yeah, <laughs> we just bad mouth you, and it's finally a Kell is right moment. Uh, that never happens. Not even a group chat. All right, so first match: Daniel Bryan, Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, Daniel and Brie win. Brie pins Maurice. How about that? To keep Daniel and Miz rolling. No, they can't pin each other. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Miz and Maurice to win here. Because I feel like some hook or crook again. Again? Because it feels like, it feels like when, Daniel, when Daniel finally wins, it just feels like the story's over. Like, I feel like if Maurice pins Bree by some sneaky underhanded Miz tactic, it gives us another month for another build for Daniel Bryan and Miz. I'll tell you this. Well, it gives us another two weeks because there's Australia. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I'm already over this. I, I hate to say it, but I'm over this feud already. It sucks. I mean, it, it could have been so great. I'm over it's it. It's just they, they try to draw things out, and then sometimes it loses its luster because of it. This is the prime example. Um, I, I'm ready for Dan O'Brien to have a real feud. I'm ready for him to, 
to just wrestle a real guy. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, um, Almas in a real feud. Give him 30 minutes at a pay-per-view. I, I need to see him against Rollins. or Let's see him go. If he's back, no more big, uh, big casses. No more canes. No more tag team matches. No Miz. Let's see him go against someone. Nakamura. I told you something. this was gonna. I told you this wasn't gonna last until WrestleMania. There's just no way. There's no, just so not enough juice in the Listen, I don't care if he's not in the main title picture and he goes after Nakamura next. But I ain't doing shit. Give us a good feud. I agree. Let's see. Uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, in a regular ass match. Most There's, heat. Most heat in the company. Not in a Hell in a Cell. There's two matches that should be in Hell in a Cell. This is one of them. Um, What's your other one? Because I think it's Becky Lynch and Charlotte. It is absolutely Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Okay, good. So they, they booked, they, like, this whole pay per view is booked wrong. But Joe and AJ Styles, like, they have created, like, a blood feud between these two, even though it's still, like, very manufactured. But it seems like, I mean, everything they've done is, is showed that it's more personal than it is about a title. So Joe's really, like, going after AJ. So, look, I'm going to say this now. I am. I am tired of AJ as champion. No, it can't be. He's such a great champion. I know, you just want to see Joe win the belt. I do. I do. Because I think, I, I personally, AJ's had this title for a while now. Yes. And I like AJ as champion. However, I think him losing the title puts more juice into this feud. Like him beating, off, beating Joe and putting him to the back of the line there's not a lot of feuds left for AJ that I'm like, this is really intriguing. Unless Daniel Bryan is that next guy. And I don't feel like they're ready for that yet. So I think it might be best to put the title on Joe and extend this feud a little bit longer. I agree. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm taking AJ Styles to win again. Joe is going to be the bridesmaid. It seems like he's always the bridesmaid. But it's a fun feud. And I think AJ just keeps it rolling, keeps it rolling. I mean, unfortunately, we'll see him against another heel after this. I'm not even sure who for the title. He'll come out on top against them, and then we'll get a hard reset around Rumble Rumble time to see who he goes in to Mania against. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They tried the whole fantasy matchup last year at Mania. They did it wrong. That's the last we're going to get AJ Styles, you know, what we want from AJ Styles and his booking. If they couldn't get it right with Nakamura, I have very little faith that they put the title on Joe. It'd be great, but I don't think so. Um, New Day versus Rusev and Aiden English. New Day go over. Yeah, it's just, it, I don't think... They just got the belts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Uh, no, no, let's see. I'll save that for last. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton in Hell in a Cell. Um, Randy Orton's winning. Jeff Hardy's killing himself. Exactly. Right. This match doesn't need to be in a cell. No, no. eight minutes. They yeah. just want to see Jeff Hardy jump off of some shit. Um, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre with the tag team championships versus Rollins and Ambrose. This is actually going to be a good match. It is, but I have um, a problem with it. Rollins and Ambrose. It's Rollins. Rollins is still IC champion. Yes, but you know what? They may win, and the Shield might have all the belts. Because you know why? It's the best thing for Roman Reigns. They don't even let Seth Rollins wear his IC title to the ring when he's around Roman Reigns. Because it might take luster off of him. Yeah. How and incredible I, is that? I'm in total agreement with you. I think Rollins and Ambrose are going to take the titles. The inch, the thing about this that really sucks is that now the B team have been relegated to jobbers in like two weeks. And then the Revival, who were just in the thick of things, 
are in the lower. They're like the Ascension again. What the fuck? Because you need to boost Roman range, right? Yeah. It's all you, about Roman. They book at the detriment of everybody else. That's like, it. To, to do what they need to do for Ronda, everybody else got hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, Tosca got hurt. Everybody else got hurt. To do what they have to do for Roman, it's at the detriment of everybody else in the, on Raw. It's terrible. Vince has just tunnel vision at this point. And it's by hook or by crook. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Should be in Hell in a Cell. Should Look, be. man. If the, if the I, WWE, like Stephanie McMahon just said that she, they listen to the fans, they absolutely don't. No. If they did listen to the fans, Becky would win the title yep. this week. Because I like I Becky as a heel. I mean, it's unnecessary. The heel turn made no sense. But she's a badass heel. I like the character, too. Um, yeah, just nobody's buying. Like, nobody's I like, don't buy it against Charlotte. Like, the reasoning is stupid. But I like Becky being a badass. Yeah. I hope Becky wins, but I think Charlotte's going to win. And I think Charlotte will win. Probably by DQ. Shenanigans finish. Becky just loses it, continues to streak. Because you know why? They need to build something up for that women's pay-per-view. And they got to they gotta work towards the Charlotte Ronda fight. Yep. So, um, main event, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Hell in a Cell with Mick Foley as special guest referee. Really? Like, this feels like, okay. A, and it's the cash-in. Strowman's really going to join... Uh, what was the guy who was the fake Miz? And Baron Corbin as the people to fail their cash-in. This is incredible. Yeah. Um, Foley being the referee is weird to me because you don't really need a special guest referee in a Hell in a Cell match unless it has it drives the narrative. Like when Shawn Michaels was the referee with Undertaker and Triple H, that made sense. This, on the other hand, Mick Foley has no ties to either of these guys. So why is he the ref? More importantly, they've, they've pushed so hard to make Braun Strowman this heel. It doesn't make any sense. Braun, Braun was like, I need a crew. Braun, you didn't need a crew when you won money in the bank against six other guys by yourself. And they tried to bury him in ladders. Didn't matter. Yeah, like, Braun, you didn't need a crew when you just murdering everybody. Now you need Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre of all people? This is dumb, but it's all to the detriment of Braun Strowman. The Shield are going to walk away with all the titles on Sunday. Yes, yeah, so Braun's going to fail his cash-in. And then he's going to be like, oh, I need to win the Rumble to get my chance again. It's going to be horrible. But, yep. alas, that's what's going to happen. I'll recap it with a special guest uh, co-host next week. Dre will be International Dre in London. Um, fish and chips and, and all the good stuff over there. Have a pint for me. Um, thank you guys for listening this week. Make sure you follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. Thanks again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Enjoy this weekend in combat sports. We'll talk to you. Next week, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.